Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on this episode of Fan of History. Hello, Dan. Hello, Bernie. I'm sitting right next to you. This is so weird. <laughs> you are real. I know, I'm a real person. <laughs> Crazy man that I am. I came all the way here to record it with you. This is something we need to talk about. <laughs> I think so. Uh, I podcasted with Americans for nine years now. Yeah. Starting the first Magic the Gathering podcast in 2013. I never met any of them. <laughs> and here you are. We talked here about Brennan coming here. Yeah. In part one of the six O's. Yeah. But he got promoted and couldn't make it. Oh. And then you were like, hey, I'm in Spain. That's practically <laughs> next door to Sweden. And I was like, what? <laughs> and yeah, tell the story. Well, then, yeah, then I was in Spain and um, I ran with the Bulls, which was crazy. So I, I really haven't been away for maybe 10 years that I went away for a long time. Um, so I just um, kind of, I went away to Spain and my house didn't explode. Nothing bad happened. You don't know that. You haven't been no, home yet. I have been home from Spain. <laughs> oh, you were home. I've been home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I went home and everything. Yeah. And then I'm only here for a long weekend. Nice. Yeah, I flew into um, Copenhagen on Friday morning and I go home tomorrow night. Wow. Yeah. What's happening in Copenhagen? The Copenhagen, I just went there. When, when I got there, what was funny... Like, I, I'm a loud guy, I'm, you know, American guy. I got off the train, or the plane. Don't touch the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got off the plane, and then onto the train, and, like, everything is so quiet here in Scandinavia. Oh, yes. Just quiet. <laughs> and I feel like I'm learning to be more, you know, quieter. But then, then uh, Anki Doom met me at, um, at the train station. Oh, I took the train to Malmo, and then it was even quieter there. Even the trains are quiet. Even the babies are quiet. And we find the Danes very loud. I agree. When I went back, they were loud. Yeah. And um, you brought Enkidu here. Hi, Enkidu. Hello. Hello. Yeah. 
We you could... are well known to our listeners since episode... 121. 121. I yes. know because I wrote it down. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of crazy. Uh, thank you for letting me be here. Uh, it was a uh, kind of crazy thing that Bernie just wrote to me. Like, I'm in Spain uh, getting chased by bulls and stuff. So, <laughs> And I was like, oh, if you're in Spain, you should come to Malmö. And then just booked the ticket and came. Yeah. But you went back. I was <laughs> home, yeah. He talked me into it. I was like, maybe I won't do it. It seems like a crazy idea. I already had a vacation. This but, was like last week? Or yeah, it was weeks? really a two-week thing. I just said, I had the time. I said, I'm just going to do a long weekend and do it. That's amazing. Yeah. So you two were in Malmö. Yes. And then you were supposed to go here, but you ran into some problems, right? <laughs> Today? We were in Stockholm. Oh, right yeah, we we're in Stockholm, and we couldn't get a train ticket. We couldn't get a train ticket. We couldn't find a car, and then we found a car, and uh, we go to the airport, and there's nobody there. And somebody taped, airport. Somebody taped like the thing where you're supposed to put your passport, and we're like, "Oh man, we're screwed." And uh, but it worked. Like out. a taxi dropped us off at the airport at night. Nobody was there. Okay. And then we had this machine, and it said no customer service Saturday <laughs> and Sunday, and the taxi was gone. But we did it. We pushed it. Enkidu got all the buttons in. And a key came out, and we have a nice black Volvo station wagon. Volvo, yeah. Yeah? So you've got a car at the airport. Yeah. And then you drove here. Yeah, but it was the Mamo airport. It's the only place we can find a car. Because all the other rental places weren't open. So we've been driving for six hours? Yeah, six-hour drive. I admired your uh, enthusiasm (laughs) and dedication. We've been listening to podcasts on the way, and we've been talking about Mesopotamia. Yeah, and we're that's totally like the most out. amazing thing about this because, like, you always have so much you want to talk about, but there's no one to talk to. Even if we were talking about this yesterday, even if somebody wants to talk to you, it's like it's always you talking. It's not the other person because they want to ask you about this. And now two nerds meet up, and I was the <laughs> third one, and the fourth four one. nerds. <laughs> and uh, so this is awesome. It's yeah, perfect. We Bef- get, yeah. Before we proceed, I would like to give a big thank you to Agikal and to Peter, who is here and is uh, helping us with the audio. Thank you, Peter. You are so welcome. We are in the old town of Stockholm, and uh, as I said, uh, on the way up the stairs, this place is older than the United States. This house is from... <laughs> Pretty old. Before 1776, let's say that. Yes. From uh, 601 BC. No. Yeah, not that old, quite that old. Okay, well, be- before we proceed, I would like to mention your tattoos, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you, do. So I've got uh, quite a bit of, uh, like, a collection here. It's, um, I started off tattooing just normal tattoos, and then I found, like, I was like, oh, there's so many cool Mesopotamian, like, art. Uh, so much art to and nobody has made tattoos of it so I was like yeah let's do it so I just started collecting uh, Mesopotamian tattoos I got should I go through them? yeah yeah explain what what we're looking at okay so I got uh, this is great for on my, uh, audio <laughs> on my forearm I've got the uh, Sargon um, of Akkad and then I've got um, a lion with arrows in it from uh, the royal lion hunt, hunt of uh, Ashurbanipal I think it is okay not too sure and then I've got uh, Inanna or Erish Kigal, her sister. It's not so clear who it is, but I've got her. It's clear on his arm, we're just not clear who it is. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and uh, then I've got Ashurbanipal stabbing a lion on my upper arm. 
Very good. And I've got the fish sages, uh, I think they're called apkalu. It's the wisdom fish. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And above that, I got the Dingir sign, which is um, uh, the Sumerian sign for uh, God. Yeah, for the gods. So like be- yeah, before their names, it's always like this sign for uh, uh, saying it's a, it is a god. And over here, I got the the head of an Apkalu, like with an eagle head. Above that, I got the chamomile flower. Oh yeah, which is uh, pretty typical for Assyrian uh, art. If you see most Assyrians, like the reliefs, you'll see they have the chamomile like on their exactly, in their arms and yeah. stuff. Do you have photos of this we can post? Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll I can take photos. We'll and post them on Family History for Facebook. sure. On my uh, left uh, underarm, I've got Enki, and he's like, um, it's from a Sumerian, uh, like uh, these uh, rolls that use a roll on clay. So he's oh, like... A seal. Yeah, a seal, exactly, that's the word. So he's got the fish here, and then the eagle, and the land animals, so it's like lands. And... Um, Then I've got uh, this one, I think they're called Lahmu, I think, something like that. It's got a lot of tattoos. And yes. uh, it's uh, like a protective spirit, I think. And uh, this guy is the same thing, like a protective species. Uh, they're, they're from the same, like, stone relief. And um, then I've got uh, Tiglat Pileser Third. Nice, TP3, <laughs> yeah. looking at me right <laughs> Yeah, right there. And then uh, uh, under Tiglat Pileser III, I've got the Dingir sign, which is um, the but in Akkadian. So the other one is in Sumerian. Wow! And then on my chest, I've got uh, the sun uh, Shamash, the sun god, his oh. uh, disc, which is like a four-pointed star. And yeah. Okay, we proceed. <laughs> <laughs> then on, a lot. Uh, on my leg here, I've got a woman, and then I told the tattooer to put the, the jewelries from uh, the royal tomb of Ur. So, oh, yeah. put the jewelries on her. Oh, I've got another uh, woman tattooed on my arm, and then uh, put the chamomile flowers on her to make her more Assyrian. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then I've got Tiamat on my uh, leg here. <laughs> wow! And uh, I've got the La Masu, of course, on the other leg, and then I've got uh, I've got uh, a high priest holding a a sacrifice, uh, like an antelope, uh, oh ibex, I think they're called, and he's about to sacrifice it to the god. And then on the other leg, I've got another Abkalu on my calf, okay. and on the back of my uh, leg, I've got the. Uh, I've got the the crow uh, or the crow, crow. Uh, from uh, uh, from the epic of Gilgamesh. Nice. Uh, so it's like a crow with. Uh, he's into it. Yes. Uh, he's serious about it. Don't do this at home, kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've got one more. I've got on the back of my leg. I got the the spear, like the um, pasuzu from. Uh, I don't know that one. Um, it's, it's like a devil. Looks great. Yeah, it's like a, a demon. It's, it's like a demon, and they were evil. But they weren't. They were. They kept uh, images of these uh, at home, because uh, these spirits were not as evil as the spirits that were trying to get into the home. So, the Pazuzu was evil, but not as evil. He was like as your evil guy. Spirits. Yeah. Yeah. He was your evil guy. <laughs> so I And think that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's funny. I almost forgot. Yesterday we we went to the museum in Copenhagen and we saw oh, yeah. we saw the reliefs of Assurnasirpal. It's a lot of good stuff. I should not call the second. Yeah, in Denmark. Yeah, it's for yeah, show you pictures. That. Yeah, it's called Glyptoteket. Okay. And uh, 
Archonosi Paul II, and also it was from Nimrud, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of them, and also some, some Sumerian too. Yeah. They only had a, a few Mesopotamian things, but they had a lot of Greek and Roman and Egyptian stuff. Of course, Etrusk, yeah, of course. That's what we said. A lot of Etruscan. Stuff. Yeah, there was Etruscan stuff too. Yeah. I took a lot of pictures. It was neat. You guys, you should definitely check it out. Glyphoteket. Glyphoteket. Glyphoteket yeah. in Copenhagen. Here we got uh, Plato and Aristotle. Yeah, we yeah, were taking the pictures <laughs> with all the philosophers. Yeah, we want those yeah. on the front of history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm still in shock that we are actually here. I know, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, true. And looking at each other. We'll uh, go out and have dinner, but first we'll uh, have to talk about something that's like a real topic. Like history, <laughs> for sure. Yes. We can talk about Japanese earwax even. I, I did, I looked it up. You looked it up? Yeah, Tell I got us. it right here. Yeah. Tell us about Japanese, Japanese earwax. earwax. Part two. Yeah. How, I, I, that connected to the last episode. Yeah. Uh, the, the first episode, part one of 600. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So about the earwax. So yeah, I had to go through a whole bunch of nasty videos, right? Because I saw one once before, an actual history video. So then when I look on YouTube, I looked up Japanese earwax. No, I did not find historical. I mean, I found people like, okay, nothing to do with genetics. It's kind of like looking at a train wreck, though, watching a guy get his ears cleaned out. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, goodness. literally, right? Like salons and stuff. But, but in truth, though, there, ear, there's an earwax type is determined by a specific gene, and about 85% of Japanese are genetically predisposed to have the dry type of earwax. Okay. So, like, I think Europeans, we have wet earwax. Like, I know, and there's, like, a chart. Most Europeans have, like, wet earwax. So most Japanese, 85% have this dry earwax. So this, this uh, students did a study, and um, people living in Japan during the Jomon period, the Jomon period, right, like 10,000 B.C. to 300 B.C., they carried the gene for wet earwax. So that means that the newer people had the gene for the dry earwax. So 85% now carry the dry earwax. Mm. So the farmers won in the end. Yeah, the farmers won in the end. And there's like, you know, they have maps and things like that about it. And, you know, you can look it up. Well, you got to be careful if you look it up, because what you'll find is, you know, stuff that you might not be looking for. <laughs> You're only fan of history as your source for Japanese girls. Yeah, I found one, one, I did find one, like, article, but I couldn't find the video that I wanted to find. There was a video that I had seen years ago when we talked about it, but yes. when I searched on YouTube, no, don't go there. Okay, so the riddle of the Japanese airwax is now solved. It is solved, yes. Very good. Yes. Let's move on to our main topic then. It's <laughs> coins. Yes, and back on April 29th of 2014... I discussed the topic ancient money but no coins. That later became episode 8 of this podcast called The 930s. And I changed the title of episode 8 of the podcast right before this recording. You did? <laughs> yes, to, to have the same name as the YouTube video I originally made, oh. Ancient Money But No Coins. At the end of episode 8, I talk about how the world worked with I listened no to coins it. but ancient, yeah, ancient money. Uh, go back and listen to episode 8 right now yeah. for the last 10 minutes but uh, forgive me for the horrible audio quality it was among the first 100 podcast episodes I made and I think I now made over 2,000 podcast episodes wow. in like well done, 25 please. podcasts wow. nice. that's amazing that was like one of your first podcasts Yes, that was super early it was also Brennan's first episode yeah I listened to it the other night at Enkidu's house so we're oh. pulling, bringing it all back now 
So I said in episode eight, we are talking about real coins later in the show, but that is many episodes ahead. And here we are, here eight years later. We are. So ancient money with coins, over to you, Bernie. All right, I'm gonna, this, I might freewheel this because I know this topic and I don't really have it all scripted out. But, so, you know, like we're, I'll go downstairs and go to buy some things and, you know, I'll pull out coins or well, actually we're just going to use credit cards now. We don't, you yes. know, use coins, coins that much, right? <laughs> They're almost like obsolete. Personally, I'd like throw pennies away. Sometimes I leave them, you know, just leave them out for people. But so these first coins... Let's say before the coins, people used money for money. They used things as a means of value. I mean, like even a piece of gold really isn't that valuable when you think about it. A piece of gold, like a roll of aluminum foil, would be more useful than a little hunk of gold. But because human beings aren't like you know um, lions and tigers and animals that they you know have to even a smart animal they like a banana a monkey would trade bananas. But what do you do with a lump of gold? But humans, you know, it's like a you know, we've put value in gold. But the problem is peop- there's different weights of gold. There's different, um, you know, purity levels of gold. But for, you know, thousands of years, people did trade, you know, gold, silver, and precious metals, but they didn't have coins. Like, it was like, duh, who didn't think of this? You know, they would basically just, you know, you'd have to weigh it and things like that. Oh, you remember your episode on the um, the complaint letter? Yes. So that's like a good example. Like, he gave them crappy copper. Yeah. Right? He's like, I'm going to give you copper. Well, here's crappy copper. Well, that doesn't count. But the, the copper sort of was marked that it was that it had gold, you know, the, how much it was. So that's basically what a coin is. The very, very first coins, and you wouldn't believe it, they were like tiny. So this wouldn't be called a coin. As far as um, pneumatists, just, I'm the worst pronouncer. <laughs> you know, people who study coins and collect coins. So this was, wouldn't technically the first, first... Um, kind of shot at it they don't they argue over it is it a coin or not it's a tiny tiny little thing like the size of a pebble and has maybe a little mark on it but it's just like an ingot so technically that's not a coin but that was the beginning because was it, like the, was it the value of the material that was like uh, yes oh, okay, so they were the same weight yeah but they weren't and they had a bottom so a coin has a top and a bottom so then they strike it on a they they you know what they do is they melt down the metal and they have like a little mold, then they take those out, and then they, they have a bottom and a top thing, and they smack it down to make a coin. But these ones only had the bottom part, so they had a little dimple in them. I think we have a picture here. Probably didn't put it in there, but... So this has a little dimple. Um, when is this? We don't know. So that's, it could even be around the same time the actual coins came out, but we're right in our time. We're like 610, 600. We're in the time of Alietes, yeah. which is Gaius' grandson. And Lydia. So these, you know, and the Ionian Greeks are over on the, um, you know, to the, to the west of them, and the Lydians are in the center, and then you have Mesopotamia, you know, to the, to the east. So they were on a crossroad. So there was always all kind of stuff going through here. Yeah, Lydia is pretty much middle Turkey. Right, exactly. Today. So the thing is, they also had a lot of uh, electrum in the river there. And electrum is a mix of... Uh... Uh, correct. Gold and platinum? Gold and silver. Gold and silver. Gold and silver is what it is. And I remember that from Dungeons and Dragons, like Electrum coins. See, and I didn't understand what an alloy is. An alloy, I looked that up too. Let's see. An alloy, the definition of an alloy is a metal alloy is a substance that combines 
more than one metal or mixes a metal with other non-metallic elements. So, for example, brass is an alloy of two metals, copper and zinc. Steel is an alloy of a metallic element, iron, and a small amount, like up to 2% of a non-metallic element, um, carbon. So, electrum is gold and silver. A natural electrum is like 70 to 90% gold and then silver. But these coins are like 55% gold and silver and then a little bit of copper. Okay. So, so those are the actual coins, right? And they have a lion stamped on them because that symbolized Lydia. So there are these little ingots with a lion stamped on the front, and then the bottom has like a little four little doodads, so four squares, because that's where the punch went in. But basically what that says is, I am a piece of gold that weighs this much and is this purity, and so it's worth this much. And the whole idea is to standardize to the value. To standardize the value. So everybody can agree that this coin is worth one coin. Exactly. So you don't have to be weighing it and arguing. But the, here's what's funny. Well, let me hold off on that part. We'll get to that part because this is that's kind of a funny thing. But so um, scholars aren't really sure how much it could, they argue, of course, about everything, right? You know, it's every so that's their job. Yeah, their job is to argue, right? So <laughs> it really is. They're not sure what it could have been worth. It could have been like a month's subsistence, like, you know, pays for a month's salary. Yes. It may have had the buying power of 11 sheep. It may have had the buying power of 10 goats. Um, but just to, as an indication of how unsettled the matters are in this coins, another guy placed a much, value, um, much lower value on it. He believes it to be worth only one sheep or three jars of wine. Okay, one sheep or three jars of wine, that's a hard uh, choice. Right. And it's funny, I guess now we know like three jars of, I guess we kind of know the currency exchange of sheep and wine. Yes. Because like one sheep is three jars of wine, so 10 sheep, I guess, is 30 jars How of wine. How big is a jar? I think they're probably a big jar, right? Oh, okay, that's I a would think. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you make a jar, you don't want to mess around with little. True. Yeah, right. Sheeps are around three to four hundred dollars. Oh, in the old days? Yeah. No, now. Oh, now. Okay. <laughs> That's right. why sheep was so bad. Okay. Yeah. So how much wine can you get for $400? Yeah. <laughs> That's not three jars, is it? Yeah, I think sheep are more, were worth more. Yes. I think so. The sheep were worth a lot more in the old days. You could probably buy one bottle of wine for $300. If you want good wine. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. Like, in any case, they, they weren't using them to buy a loaf of bread in the market. No, they're way more worth than that. Right. And this is one Lydian lion. Right. That's the currency. Right. Or was that the only coin? They only had... At this coin. time. So this oh, is okay. what... So then, you know, of course, everyone thinks, well, this is a good idea. And let's, you know, start doing that. So then coins just, you know, exploded. That's quite amazing. That it is. It took like 10,000 years yeah. of being settled and trading yeah. to develop this idea. Right. People were trading like shells, yeah. money, like sheep. Wine. Miniature shovels. Miniature shovels in China and knives. And they were like made out of copper though. So they had to have lots of them. You know, like the Chinese money was, was, was more like you could maybe buy a loaf of bread. Because theirs wasn't worth... Well, the knives and the, and the shovels were, were worth more. But then eventually the Chinese made like little coins with a, with a hole in it. A square hole. Because you would put it in like a rod and mm -hmm. carry it. Because you need so many coins. But this is much later. So, like, these coins are worth a lot of money, so they probably just use them for, like, paying mercenaries, paying your taxes. You know, the government controlled it. And that's the thing. So, 
did they tell the people that it wasn't? Did they tell the people this is gold, or like, did they know that it wasn't pure gold? Or so well, they would have thought it was electrum. But here's the funny part, right? So they it's very possible and even probable that these coins, the first coins, were actually frauds. They were okay. actually frauds because there's a word. <laughs> it's called a fraud by the the state. Mm-hmm. It's a fraud by the state. There's a word they call it. It's called. I'm gonna sp- spell it properly. Say it properly. It's something like seniorage, and that means the difference that you make from that a government makes from um, the value of the metal than to the what it actually trades for. So even in other places, not just Lydia, but especially you know the start here is what we're talking about, is that these coins could really only worth what it said on them if you used it in Lydia. If you use it outside of Lydia, it was worth the value of the weight. It's like changing money. Yes. So then you took, if you took it, then you can melt it down, and it'd be worth whatever it was. But in Lydia, it was worth what it was. But the reason they were a fraud is, Electrum is ninety uh, percent gold, and then the rest silver. But these ones are about fifty percent gold, and then the two percent copper, and then some silver, and then the rest silver. So this great capitalist invention yeah. immediately immediately was, was a fraud. fraud, right? I mean, that's the thing, though. It's just money is whatever you say it is. Yeah. Like I have a I have a dollar. I have this dollar as a one, and this dollar is a hundred. But the value of them is nothing. It's just paper. So, so what that, about like uh, inflation and stuff like that? Did that occur? Or? It happened later in the Roman times. Did you ever? Uh, I remember the uh, reign of Diocletian. Uh, which is very interesting in Rome, right? In the, the third, third century. century, yes, and uh, they were worried about inflation, but they didn't quite understand it. They didn't quite <laughs> so understand it. So made inflation illegal. He so understood it. He fixed all the prices in the Roman yes. Empire. Yes, and that didn't work very well. Then, then, then we get stuck with the Middle Ages, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, we get into yeah. but the Rome. It, it is it is kind of interesting and important about coins. Is the Romans did. They they really frauded their coins. They started like putting less and less gold in until the end there was only five percent gold. <laughs> but then a person would know, like you would see this thing and were like, well, because you still went by t- almost until like the, even the eighteen hundreds in America. I remember it was a it was a big um, debate when they went to greenbacks. They called it because the coins were gold or silver, and if you had a co- a dollar, that was worth a dollar because that was the worth you know the weight in silver. Remember the cartoons and they used to yes. bite oh, yeah, the coin? Yeah, yeah. That's because they would see if they were fake, if they, how much there was in it. Because it was hard, it would be fake. But the cartoons, they bent, but the bent ones is what you want. Because gold and silver is soft. Oh. Yeah. And if, it, if you break your teeth in it. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Right. So yes, you could. So, but we don't really know, like, if you can see these are experts, like we said, they argue about what um, the value was with this. But basically, and I don't think I could quite understand it. Like if you pay the mercenary, and you paid your taxes, or you know, some people had gold. What, what did you do if you were a mercenary and you had a piece of the gold? Like, what if you needed a loaf of bread? You probably had to buy a lot of bread. I guess, but that's the thing, right? So I, I kind of don't understand that part. Or maybe then they melted it down. Then maybe then now they had this much gold. That's you know what I buy, mean? They buy it. The, well, maybe then they could melt it, or they could, yeah. you know, like how much gold would you need? Maybe they cut a piece off. Like in other words, you, I'm paying you this much gold. And now you do with it whatever you want to do with it. But I mean, um, maybe this uh, has not been recorded, but I wonder how long it took for ordinary people to like adopt this new thing, like to use. It did spread, spread. but it spread not as quickly as it would have done today. Yeah, today it would have been like we have Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, now we have ten, two thousand Bitcoin, different, not Bitcoin, but cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Right. It spread so because and maybe because it was a fraud, and then maybe because um, they were close to the Ionian Greek cities, the Greeks did pick it up. And then by the 500s, into the 500s, we'll we'll start. I I would like to well ask the listeners if you're interested. I think once in a while, right? Well, when I knew learn about a new coin, we'll bring it up, kind of like the Olympics. Yeah, we'll bring back coins in the yeah. podcast. We'll say like, hey, this coin came out, and because you're gonna find, I'll just give you a little preview. There's because I don't have all the details details where it came from. But there's this one city. Every coin they mint has a tuna fish on it. Okay. Everyone has a tuna fish. They have. But that's what's really. Uh, you know what else is super interesting? This coin I'm telling you about. This lion coin of Lydia. You could buy one. How much is it? Uh, I think I took a screenshot somewhere. I think they're like. I think some of them you could buy for a couple thousand. It's a two thousand six hundred year old coin. Yeah, but you could buy it. Wow. Yeah. Because they were mass produced. Yeah. Or? Google it. You can see. So we are pretty sure these these come during the reign of King Aliates. King Aliates. That's correct. That's probably right around here, six ten. He's from six ten to six hundred BC. Yes. And I mean, he's a little bit after, you know. And then, but his father is Croesus. Croesus. They pronounce it differently, and he's known as being rich. Rich as Croesus. Yes. Right. So that's where. He, so and he's in the five fifties. So I'm or finding like five hundreds. I'm finding say. these Lydian coins ranging from four thousand dollars to twenty thousand dollars. Right. But that's not outrageous. That's not like owning like, I don't know, something there, there like... There must be a few. But, I mean, right. if you look at the picture, you can see the quality, like how that's much what gold they look like. is. Yeah. Wow. And the most expensive one looks like it's a lot of gold. <laughs> right. And it looks like it's in better shape, too. Yeah. But see, look, at extremely fine. A creases. Here's a creases one. This is a third stator. So they call them a third. But they don't even have a stator, like with the first ones. But they're thirds. If they did have them... And maybe it's more like a ceremonial thing. Did you hear how the U.S. was to pay their... We're, we have this thing going around to pay off our debt. They say that they're going to make like a $1 trillion coin. And then pay the bank with it. 
I mean, they could do it. They could say, this is worth a trillion dollars. I'm the U.S. government. I back it. It's worth a trillion. Because we just do that with money. We just print it. We don't even print it. We just say, okay, bank, you have this much money. Yes. So they say they want to make a trillion dollar coin, and boom, our debt's paid. When do coins become propaganda? I don't know. Oh. Of course, they are very much propaganda in Roman times. Yeah. I just looked at a, a Swedish uh, documentary about history about like 500 AD, where uh, some pre-Viking kings had uh, copied Roman coins. Okay. But they, and they put their own faces on them. All right. But they didn't understand the text, so they sort of failed to copy the text properly, so it said like really stupid things. <laughs> It's like when you see people wearing T-shirts with like other languages on them, and yes. that—that's not what they meant. <laughs> or getting tattoos in language you don't understand. That's true too. That's another good one. Because the earlier Greek coins, they used to be like animals on them, like turtles and stuff, right? Yeah. So you'll see that they have a lot with the tuna fish, and then they have different a lot of bulls. And um, but so Athens coin will become famous, and it'll go for five hundred years, and it has an owl, which is the symbol of Athena, the owl. So there seems to be like animals at the beginning, yeah. the Lydian lion, the yes. Athenian owl. Yes, yes, And then it just became like one of those, why didn't we think of that? Every other place has started making coins, you know? Like you could buy a gold bar I, when I'm doing Googling, and it's just like a piece of gold, and it just says this purity and uh, this weight. So that's basically what these coins were. Yes. By stamping the thing on it, you just said, this is this purity and this weight. Well, they are lying, obviously. They were lying on the lion. <laughs> lying I don't know on the lion. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the first uh, king, but uh, Darius I put his uh, head on the coins. And there uh, it showed a great king in an attitude of attack. Yeah. So might be the first one. Which, which king? Uh, Darius I. Oh, Persia. Yeah. Yes. Well, he did a lot of things. I look forward to talking about him. Yes, for sure. That's later, yeah. But this, this will, and, and these, but the thing, other, I guess, important thing is because we're on the six hundreds, and I thought we're really on the verge of like a new world, right? Yes. And these coins is makes a big thing because it's almost like, like inventing dollars. You know, they used to have to have gold. We went off the gold standard, but now they were they're like actually on the gold standard, but they have coins, kind of like changing the barter system to a more easier system. You know, to do business, to do commerce. So now commerce really picks up. Yes. And mercenaries, which is a big deal. Because now, like, we just, I just realized, because um, I did the research of this after we did the last recording, we had the Lydians sack Sardis. And they've been trying to sack it, sack it all that time. So now they probably had enough money to buy more mercenaries uh, to sack it. So I wonder how the pharaoh paid all the Greeks before this. That's a really good question. Yeah. Yep, maybe in sheep and shells. And I have a list <laughs> here. Wine. I have a list of the things that were used. Well, I fought for the pharaoh for 10 years, and now I have 100 sheep. <laughs> I know. And then some guy rips you off. Well, you're gonna, it's going to cost you 50 sheep to take a, for the boat. <laughs> hey, that's why. Wait, this is great. Want to hear a list? Here's the numerous other items that have performed one or more of the roles of money, okay. which is a store of wealth, medium of exchange, right? This is before and after the Lydian coins, which you'll know when you hear some of these. Um, seashells, beads, obsidian, disc-shaped stones, bamboo, grain, salt, tobacco, cigarettes, liquor, tea, cocoa beans, honey, butter, dried fish, spears, swords, arrows and arrowheads, axes and axe heads, knives, guns, bullets, empty bullet cartridges, hoes, 
spades, nails, plastic paper, animal skins, cloth, clothing, blankets, gemstones, jewelry, feathers, whale teeth, shark teeth, ivory, bone, cattle, camels, slaves, and wives. I think they missed one. Wives. You know what they missed? Well, cigarettes. Of course. (laughs) In jail, right? Cigarettes are like currency. (laughs) Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. Like, what can I use? But if in jail, you can get a cigarette, oh, and with that cigarette, I can buy a shiv. That's what, what, it, what it is. And if your cigarettes were fake, now you have a Marlboro. Okay, that's a Marlboro. Yeah. That's pretty much kind of what a coin is. But um, did these, like, um, did they have, like, a standard, like, uh, five cigarettes, for example? Is well, the kind, I don't know, like, what the exchange rate was back in 600 B.C. We, like I said, maybe it was 13 sheep or three bottles of wine, but it was something. I, you know, I mean, that we definitely don't know. I mean, that's how they were invented. And then it just exploded from there. But first in Lydia, and for a while, only Lydia. Yeah. And then it will spread as we speak. Right. Through the Middle East. Yes. And there's a lot of ter- turmoil, obviously, going on now. The Babylonians are new. Oh, yes. You know, Nebuchadnezzar, he's probably thinking, now this coins is a good idea. But they were kind of like, let's make Babylon great again. <laughs> you know, yeah, he was kind of like old school. So maybe it's like, oh, this new fancy th- coins to him were probably like Bitcoin. Probably, <laughs> like yeah. this fancy kids yeah. these days. <laughs> their coins. <laughs> That's what we'll call this episode: kids these days with their coins. Well, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Anything else we want to add about coins? Just uh, like, was it something special about Lydia that made them like? have to have coins so like uh, were they big on administration and stuff like that there's a couple of things well in the in the um in the mythology is i'm glad you asked me that because the mythology is that king midas had to wash off his curse in the river and that's how the river was full of electrum oh. that's the mythology but that fact was the river was full of electrum <laughs> you know oh actually that was also neat i learned that that's maybe where the legend of the golden fleece came because they would go into the river and use like a sheep you know like a sheepskin and they would pan for the gold and silver and the gold of Electrum, which was gold. So there's a golden fleece. Is this one particular river in yes. India? Yes. Uh, what is the name of that river? Is it Sardis? It's in it's that area. There is a name of the river. And I'll guarantee you the scholar who writes this and the people who collect these coins are screaming now, like, of course it's the idiot. You know the river that is. <laughs> it's a very important river. Were they rich, the Lydians? Like, Very rich. Rich yeah. as Croesus, Midas, King Midas. Think of King Midas. Hermos. Was it, could it be that? Yes. That is the name of the river. Hermos River. Correct. Loaded with Electrum. <laughs> and, you know... I bet it's gold now. Probably is. I would imagine. It would be a gold rush if it wasn't. Maybe after this episode, there'll be a gold rush of the Hermes River in Central <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> Everybody forgot. Erdogan will be pissed <laughs> off about Sweden again. <laughs> Hey, maybe we'll make our own little stater coin. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll make them and we'll sell them for two thousand each. <laughs> so, Mister Coin Collection. There you go. <laughs> it's amazing how I'm telling you how many there are, though. You could really collect them. And I've been watching this guy. I wish I, I wish I could give him a shout out. I will the next time. I've been watching this guy's YouTube channel. Um, maybe I could find it. He's really good. He's from Spain, actually. He does a lot of ancient coins, and he says, which I really love. He said, um. When you hold one of these coins, you could be holding a coin like of a mercenary from like 600 B.C. I, this guy could have had this, or, you know, it could have been any, a merchant. And some of the coins later on, now, remember I said they don't really spread them around, but later on they would. And he had, shows this one where he knows where it went, because what they would do when they went to another like place, they would 
hit it with something to see if it was fake, like how much metal was in it. If you only like put the metal on the outside, mm. the precious, so they would hit them so they could see that this particular coin went to like a bunch of places. So, you know, I got the goosebumps. You just think like, so this guy owns this coin. Like maybe it was $500, yeah. you know, because they found enough of them. The museum, every museum has one. Now the rest of us could have one. And so this coin, this guy, you know, trader could have traveled all around the world, you know, 500 BC with this coin and you have it. I mean, you don't put it in your pocket. That's an amazing piece of history. Right. So I could see how we could become coin collectors. <laughs> well, before we end, we have to talk about something you mentioned at the start of the podcast. Okay. You went to Spain. Yeah. And you ran with <laughs> bulls. Um, tell us more about this. Um, this was a really thing. great. This was a um, a bucket list thing. I tell you though, coming to Sweden was a bucket list thing too. And um, I hope we are we are less dangerous than the bulls. I don't. I'm not having sewer stroman. No, no sewer stroman tonight. That was really nervous about the sewer stroman. We We did uh, try to find some sour herring for Bernie to consume, but uh, (laughs) it was harder than I thought. You have to be in some location where you don't get um, killed for it. And uh, if we used it here in Agical's offices, they would never never let us come back. (laughs) See, yes, from what I read about it, when you open the can, right, it just smells terrible. Uh, Incredibly terrible, like... 20 corpses have been there for... How do you get it out of your mouth? Nose. Is it, do you just... You use a lot of liquor and padding. Enkidu likes it. Golly. Uh, I, 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 uh, I can eat it just to be Swedish, but uh, <laughs> I don't particularly enjoy it. Yeah, it seems scary. Like, the bulls were scary. So I had... Yeah, back to the bulls. Yeah, I was a little... So it was a very good trip. I'll even shout out the company that was called uh, Bucket List Tours from Texas. They did a great job. I bought this trip in 2019, so I couldn't go for two years because of COVID. So this is the first time they had the fest. So it's called the San Fermin Festival, if you don't know. It's a very historical thing. It's like seven days. It starts on the 7th and goes to the 14th. They run with the bulls pretty much every day. I think there's like eight bull runs every morning. The, um, you, they meet in the square at 7. You get on the course. You push into the square. And then um, at 8, they let the bulls go. It's about a half a mile. How far is that? A kilometer? About a half a mile. 0.8 yeah. kilometers. Yeah, it's about a half a mile of, of, a, of, a, it's of an old part of the city in Pamplona, Spain. They let the bulls out with some steers. How many bulls? I think there's five or six. There's six bulls because they run them up to the bull ring. There's six bulls and I think four steers. So the bulls are not castrated. The steers are males that are castrated. So they keep the herd intact, the steers. The bulls will go with the herd. Okay. Um, the bulls are more vicious, like they're the ones that are, get mad. If a bull gets left alone, he gets crazy. So the steers and the bulls come out, and they just go charging up this hill. So for us, at the bucket list tours, they had a really good um, setup. And the first day, we went to, like, a, you ever see, if you ever see it, there's all these people, you wear white pants, white shirt, red neckerchief, and a red sash, and everybody's like that. We had a balcony. If you ever see them on the balconies, like Hemingway talks about it, right? So you go on the balcony, and you, we were right on the Estefada, which is they come, the bulls come right around this curve. All of them, they bundle up, they, they get crash up. And the crazy people who are really into it, like the, I don't mean Spanish people are crazy, but the Spanish people who live there, they practice this. They have running clubs. They really know what they're doing. And they go in the middle, and they run with the bulls. Like, they hit them on the, the newspapers, and some people stand right on that corner. I have a picture of a guy, like, they just get down, the bulls just jump over them. Five bulls right about to land on them. So it's really 
traditional and historical, and it's amazing to see these all these people. And then, so the next day, I went to the spot where they come around the, <laughs> they come around the corner, and we were like over on the part of the corner where they, how would you call that, like here. So they can't, they, the chances of them hitting me was pretty slim, I have to. Okay. I mean, you're still on the course. You could get hit by a bull for sure, but I found a pretty safe spot because my daughter, Gracie, was so worried I was going to get gored and killed by a bull. Because they are, they run like 30 miles per hour, which is, sorry, but that's well, pretty why fast. Why are they running? Oh, they're running them. So the sad part is they're running them. It's a tradition, and they run them up to the bullfighting ring, and that night is the bullfights. Okay. So then that bulls are killed in the bullfights. Bull never wins a bullfight. Yeah. Yeah. If a bull does win a bullfight, if a bull kills a matador, they kill the bull and they kill the bull's mother. Oh, wow. That's uh, cruel. That's cruel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit Assyrian. It is, yeah. definitely. That's what they, they talk about it in the... There's some really badass bull whose mother's dead. You've got to watch out for them. But, but what motivated you to do it? You know, I used to see it when I was in college, when I was young. My, my college roommate and I went. We used to say, like, I said, I would love to do that and see... Now, it is a big party. Like, I do recommend going, even if you don't run with the bulls, even for a couple of days. It's a big party. It's a traditional thing. There's a lot of families. There's food. There's eating. And at night, it gets to be a huge party. I mean, It's like, we survived the bulls. Let's drink. Oh, they drink. I mean, this, they're covered. In the morning, the streets are covered with, like, party. There was a party. Their hoses, they're hosing down. The, the kids that are still out, like the college students, they're covered in wine. It's like in their white the kids, shirts. So, yeah, like uh, I call them kids. You know, like people your age. Oh, okay, yeah. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, right. I call them kids. Yeah, they're covered in, in wine, and it's the bars are open until 7 in the morning, and they run with the bulls at 8 in the morning. Wow. There's like one hour to clean up, and then there's the bull. It's a, really is a... I would definitely go back. I would. I recommend it for you just to see it. You don't have to run with the bulls. I mean, just to see it. You know? Uh, how... Wow. Yeah, I mean, I it was just I like Spain. I did I did like it. I, that's the only language I know some Spanish. I do know a little Swedish now. What's bull in Spanish? Toro. 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 Could you make yourself understood in Spain? Sometimes. Una cerveza grande. Yeah, sí, sí. <laughs> Una cerveza por favor. Sí. I <laughs> and I could grande. understand. Okay, my yeah. Spanish. Cerveza grande. Big beer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I could. Um, I had one conversation, two conversations with people actually. In Yigo, he, I don't have his number, and I told him to check up our website, or check our podcast, so if you're listening, you should look me up. In Yigo, I, I had a really good time. He uh, talked to me in Spanish, I talked to him in Spanish, but then he, when I got exhausted, he talked to me in English. Oh. And it turned out he actually teaches English. Uh-huh. So I was kind of helping him with the pronunciation, too. So we had a, we had a good time. Wow. Yeah? What an adventure. It was an adventure. And this is an adventure, too. And I, I mean, it's great. Like, this is crazy. Like... I'm like Ankidu's apartment is how big is your apartment? Twenty two square meters. I've never had a smaller seen a small shower that as small as that shower. <laughs> I mean we totally get along. We have no problem, right? Yeah, yeah. We have no problem. We get along great. It's super nice to have. And now we'll see how you can handle Stockholm night. Now I can see how I can handle Stockholm and Dan. So far Dan seems okay, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I really appreciate it. this is great. This is awesome. It really yeah. is. So uh, still a bit shocked that you're actually here. Can we can we say this to the to the listeners too? Like if you help us with our Patreon, maybe I can come once a year. Yeah. We can make it a tradition. Maybe we should have the Fan History Meetup in Spain. We could do that. <laughs> We could totally do that. We could meet up in Spain. It's probably better did, than Scranton. Did people uh, get hurt in the bullroom? Oh, here's a shout out to a guy I know. 
This um, is he alive? Still? Yeah, he is. E. B. Peebles. He was a he was a tourist like me. He was he's from he lives in Georgia. The most mild mannered guy you never would have thought. He said he came in limping the day that we didn't run. He ran the day before, the day after. He came in limping. I said, "What happened?" He said, "I wrestled with a bull." He actually said, "I wrestled with a steer," because he's so like just trying to not make a big deal about it. To make a long story short, after some conversations with him, he went. You could run into the bull ring. They close the doors, but if you make it all the way in, he went into the bull ring. He's with his son, and a bull looked at him and went like like that. So he went to the bull, and the bull charged him and flipped him. And since I've been home, I talked to him, and he said he um, he fractured a, uh, a vertebrae and broke a rib. Out. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So, but there were no. Fatal accidents? No fatal accidents since 2009, but we did see a guy got hurt really bad, but I think he was okay. They took him off in a stretcher, though. <laughs> the first day, before I ran, right across from the place where we did run, like watching down, he got stepped on by like three or four bulls. His face was bloody, and they cared. People get hit with them. Did you say he was okay? <laughs> I think he was. He wasn't dead. I, I, they don't have, I mean, watching it in Spanish. I mean, the one thing in Spain is, like, here it's great. Everybody really speaks English, but in Spain, they don't really speak English. You have to know. I, I can understand the Spanish if they talk to me slow enough. Do you know why that's the case? Because I'll there's tell only you. Oh, you tell me. Yes. Of course, Spanish is a word. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Our language. And they can get by with Spanish. Food. Yeah. Swedish isn't. Yeah. It's just people in Sweden and a couple of Finns that understand. Yeah. That. And it's also a very hard language. We have to learn English to communicate with the rest of the world. Yeah. To start taking English from uh, fourth grade. Wow. And uh, we don't dub stuff in Sweden. So mm. all the TV shows, American movies and TV shows, they are in English and they're texted in Swedish. Yeah, I was telling Bernie yesterday that uh, in Germany, Every actor has its voice actor. Yes. So like Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. With like SpongeBob has yeah. his own voice actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Bernie asked me, is SpongeBob in Swedish? I was like, yeah. He said, oh, that's weird. <laughs> we do dub the children's shows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so, it ends very, quite early. When oh, I see. You let them when they're young, so. and then they let them. So here's the thing, though. I got to say, you guys, are. I feel like, maybe it's just me, but I feel like you guys are sm- have a more brain power than me. You do because you've opened up this part of your brain that has another language, you know? You've really, oh, like, opened up this part of your brain where you can... I'm struggling to learn Spanish. I couldn't have talk to America. You know how many times I had to say that to myself, to say, talk to America? I was writing it down. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Did I say it good? Yeah. yeah. Talk to America. Perfect. <laughs> I think the only, the only trick is that you start learning a foreign language early. Right. So start while you're a child and right. you will pick it up. It's true, more. but you're also training your brain is what I mean. You guys are yeah. smart. I mean, really. It's like if you were a kid and you didn't teach you anything and try to teach him when you're older, you wouldn't have that part of your brain. I took Spanish uh, quite late at university, yeah. and that didn't stick yeah. as well right. as English did. Right. I've been struggling learning Spanish since high school, which would be 15 years old. But I don't have anywhere to practice that much either. 
You know, it's not like we have. I could try, but now I'm fifty something. So we won't see a Spanish edition of Final History. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it's possible. <laughs> Lily speaks Spanish, though. Okay. Yeah, because she um, she you know, learned it in school. But my daughter Lily, and she went to Spain to nanny for like three or four months. And when she came back, she speaks Spanish pretty good. Oh, it is. It, I found Spanish quite easy to learn. It's very structured and mm-hmm. easy to pronounce, and you you pick it up quickly. Yeah. Compared to I took uh, Japanese at the same time, <laughs> and that was like uh, See? No, this is much harder. See what I'm so saying? How many smart? do you have? Oh, four. Nice. Okay, I think we are winding down here. Yeah, I think I guess so. But yeah, so send us some money so I could learn Spanish. Come to Sweden, <laughs> go to Spain. We could yes. have the Run with the Bulls fan of history tour. I am gonna. I did join a um, a podcasters group. We like to get this podcast up to the next level, you guys. So you know, I think I'm gonna just say send us some money. Yes, <laughs> do it through Patreon. <laughs> do it through Patreon. Patreon.com. Search for fan yeah. history. We are there. We've been there since yeah. 2014. Yeah, well, let's start. You know, start start um. Helping us out a little extra, if you want to. Also, you could do is tell a friend. You know, if you have a friend who likes the show, right, who likes history, you could tell a friend to watch it. We like, I should say, listen to it. We could have more listeners. More listeners is good. This time, we actually should record a video of something. Yes, we should for the YouTube channel. channel. Yes. We could. Maybe we could record Enki Do's tattoos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He has to take all his clothes off. (laughs) There there are rules against that. It's not YouTube. No YouTube. (laughs) All but, right. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you, Enkidu, for coming here. Thank you. And, and for now, driving me. Now it's time for some uh, whining and dining. I'm ready. And thank you, Agital and Peter. Thank you very much, thank Peter. You, Peter. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you oh. here, too. It's a dream come true, everybody. Thank you. Thanks to the listeners, too. I couldn't even do this. I could, I could like, like I, I met another really interesting podcaster, um, uh, Gil from Israel. Is the history of biblical proportions. So, like, be, be, because these listeners let you, you guys let listen to me and let me just talk, I'm able to, like, have all these cool friends. So that's what I'm trying to say. I really appreciate it. Uh, next time we'll be on Skype again with yes. the ocean between us. We will. <laughs> we will. But thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon patreon.com slash fan of history. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.